We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to Roto Grinders today. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. You're gonna follow me on Twitter. And it's Wednesday, September 20th, and we're taking a first look preview of the NFL Week Three DFS slate on DraftKings and FanDuel. Hit those thummy thumbs. You know I like those in the morning. Get those thummy thumbs in. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Joined by the chief content extraordinaire, longest running. Yeah, what what Noto? It, yeah. It's been what, twelve years or something? Yeah, something like that. I think like uh, eleven full time, and before that, I was doing some little blogs here and there for Roto Grinders. So yeah, been here for a while. So so NFL comes around. We got a new week. It's just it's, you're on the hamster wheel. You're used to it, <laughs> right? Week because because it's always exciting NFL when it starts, and then sometimes you get halfway through the season, it's like like oh okay, more more and. It, same I would, thing over and over again. I would say that's more for baseball and basketball. NFL goes by so fast. But, uh, yeah, once we're to the summer, uh, baseball, that's when uh, I really want to stop doing that. Um, and then NBA, too, once you get into the spring when everybody's getting rolled out left and right. Um, but, yeah, NFL, man, goes by so fast you have to enjoy every week. So uh, we, we have uh, the games up here. We have uh, some uh, first-look articles on the site. You go to rotogrinders.com. Uh, check out the free content like uh, like Noto's first look, as well as we have the injury report situation room, because that's the one thing that we need to monitor, because that's where kind of all the value tends to come from in DFS. So we'll take a look at some of these situations. We'll take a look at some of the, the main games to target. Uh, one thing that's noticeable on this slate, Noto, is that, I mean, the, the offense is down in the NFL. I mean, the totals are not all that appealing i think that the the main target on this slate is going to be chargers vikings they're playing in the dome 53 and a half total 
and then it drops. I mean, like the next highest total is Broncos Dolphins, and that's a clear five points lower. Then we get to the Falcons Lions, 46 and a half, Bears Chiefs, 47 and a half, but they feature, you know, you know, the Chiefs are just favored by 12 and a half there. So it's not the the Chiefs team totals high, but the game, you know, the Bears may not show much resistance there. And then we have a whole bunch of really low total games. We'll get into some of the some of the injuries, especially at running back coming up. But for you, at least in GPP, is it going to be tough to ignore? Like, is it is it going to be tough to just X out completely the Chargers Vikings game with all the pieces that they have there that could hit their ceiling? Like Jefferson, Addison, Madison. We don't know if Eckler's going to play, so we may have Josh Kelly again, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. I don't know about you, but I may not overthink this and and just you know, maybe I don't stack the game, but it's going to be hard for me to not have a player from that game in one of my lineups. Yeah, this feels a lot like game one or week one between the uh, Dolphins and Chargers where it was obvious game and the right move was just to be overweight on it. Um, I think that's probably what I'll do, especially if Eckler's out, because that con- that offense is pretty concentrated to begin with. You take him out, uh, Kelly becomes a nice value, and then you obviously have the passing game. Um, Herbert's got two favorite targets in Allen and Williams. So, uh, And then the, <laughs> the Vikings might have the most concentrated offense in the NFL. You just play Jefferson um, and then go from there. So I'm with you. Um, I think I'm going to be overweight on that game, even though it is popular. And I wanted to ask you, what do you think the reason is for the scoring being down? Is it Vic Fangio's fault for making everybody play two high safeties or what? Well, I mean, that and also a lot of these teams are just not competent. I mean, (laughs) truthfully so, especially in the beginning of the season. I mean, I think that that's been uh, proven out statistically that the offenses, especially in new situations, take time to gel. Well, the defenses don't necessarily have to. So maybe we're seeing some lower scoring because of that. But I think it's true that, you know, we still have plenty of teams in this league that are not pass first. And in the team, the teams that play in a more analytically sound way tend to score more points. And this is why it brings me to one of the higher totals. It's the fourth highest total. 46 and a half is not that high of a total, Uh, but they're playing in Detroit. So I'm assuming, you know, the the dome factor adds, you know, a couple of points to that total. But anytime the Falcons play, like, if this is a close game, how many plays are there going to be in this game when the Falcons have no problem winning games, running the ball, like, 40 times? So I I get the sense that that people, I mean, I think this game may be a little under-owned, because I don't know if people are going to want to play the Falcons. And with all the options from the Chargers and the Vikings on this slate, I'm not sure if Amon Ross St. Brown or we're going to see what happened. Jamar Gibbs what in the Lions backfield. Uh, you know, Josh Reynolds had a good game and he's still pretty cheap. I'm not sure how many people are going to play this game. But my attitude with this game, based on the way that the Falcons play, is that I only want to play it correlated i only like it has to be a game where the lions get a two touchdown lead and the falcons actually have to play like a real football team and not run the ball it gets close i just think the play volume is just going to be too low for a 12 game slate in gpps 
I mean, even if the Falcons get down by three touchdowns, who knows if they're going to pass the ball? I mean, Arthur Smith, eighth Kyle Pitts. Um, you know, we haven't seen much from the passing game. Desmond Ritter doesn't look very effective at all. And uh, yeah, the, right now they have a 56.3% rush rate on the season, easily the highest in the NFL. Just looking at the blitz game factors, and uh, this game doesn't project all that well in terms of pace. So, yeah, I probably prefer this game from like a skinny stack perspective. I do like Bijan Robinson quite a bit. Um, I was looking at his, you know, usage today. He runs around on like seventy-five percent of dropbacks, which is one of the highest of any running backs in the NFL. I know Algiers still there and taking away some carries, but uh, I really like the the way they're using. Bijan, uh, not really scared of the matchup. And then you can bring it back with, uh, you know, Reynolds or St. Brown or, or Jameer Gibbs. I'm fine with that. But probably not a game that I'm stacking because I don't love either quarterback. Another team that is frustrating that I think people may play too much of. I'm not sure. I can't handle it. It's Wednesday. So, I mean, the, judging what ownership is going to be is very tough. And that's a lot of what I do. Chiefs Bears. The Chiefs are the biggest favorite on the slate. They're 12 and a half point favorites. The problem I find with the Chiefs is I mean, obviously they haven't, they didn't even look that good. I mean, they're not really looking like a great team anyway. But outside of outside of Kelsey, when he's fully healthy, I mean, this is a Mahomes could throw the ball to like 12 different people. So it's very it's gonna be very often if you run if you run this out as a simulation and you and you you project seven wide receivers getting some type of wide of some type of target share. It's very hard for any of them to have a score where you'll need it, right? It's quite, it's quite possible that Kadarius Tony puts up 18 points or Sky Moore puts up 12 points or MVS puts up 14, right? But Kelsey at tight end, I mean, tight end position sucks. So if Kelsey puts up like 20 at tight end, that may be 10 clear of any tight end like on the slate. So I could see value in that. Obviously, it's expensive. But stacking the Chiefs to me, it's not only whack-a-mole. It's that even if you even if you get the guy that goes, you know, five for 60 with a touchdown, like on a 12-game slate in large field GPPs, like 18 points out of like a 4K, 5K wide receiver is not like it could be in the winning lineup, but it's not something that you must have. So I tend to shy away from stacking the Chiefs outside of playing Mahomes and Kelsey, but then you get into the problem that once you play Mahomes and Kelsey, you, you've used a lot of your salary. Yeah. And you have to hope that all the production kind of kind of goes to Kelsey and then no other tight end is worth a crap on the slate. Yeah, a lot of good points. I agree with you. Um, and even their running back situation's a mess because they use three different guys. Um, so that's tough. And then you got their defense. I mean, Chris Jones was back, looked great last week. And so, I mean, this could be a game that the Chiefs just control, don't really have to do a lot offensively. I don't know how much pushback we're going to get from Justin Fields and the Bears. But maybe this is a game where Fields, you know, rushes for 100 yards. DJ Moore was a little bit more active in week two. So maybe you can go Mahomes, Kelsey, DJ Moore, something like that. But I, it's not my favorite stack for sure. Do you think that the overlooked game is going to be the Broncos-Dolphins because – we have Justin Jefferson on the slate at, what, 9,300? I could pull up uh, our projections here, right? I think he's going to be probably the most popular pay-up option on the slate. Well, then you have Tyreek Hill at 9,000, right? We're not sure what's going on with, with uh, Jalen Waddell. I'm, I'm assuming he'll be fine, right? We don't, have, we don't have him on the injury report. I know 
He was in the concussion protocol last game. But at these prices, I mean, we have Mostert there at 6K. I think he's going to be squeezed out because there's a lot of other like 6K options that we may be playing with some of these running back injuries. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying to to stack the Russell Wilson side because I think their their receivers, I mean, they're all over the place also. But just from an ownership perspective, I mean, if people are going to be playing, you know, Herbert stacks with Jefferson runbacks, or are they going to be playing? Uh, they're going to be playing cousin stacks or anything like that. You can't get to Hill. You can't get to Waddle. You can't get to Tua. You can't get to these people. Uh, they're playing in Miami. The Miami has a 27 implied team total. I mean, talk about a condensed offense. I mean. I mean, I could, I could even, uh, truthfully, in maybe the smaller field stuff, playing just Tuka, uh, Tua, Hill, Waddle, Mostert, even throw it, throw in a Durham Smythe or yeah, a something at high end, and just take the entire Miami offense, and then, I mean, it's quite possible you don't even need a run back on the on the Denver side. I mean, you could always play Cortland Sutton or something like that. I just, I just think that based on the pricing, people are more likely to just play the the Chargers Vikings game yeah I mean if they're going to get overlooked that's certainly a stack I'd want to be overweight on I think my biggest uh you know weakness in my game the last couple of years is not having enough to a stacks and hopefully I can write that ship I didn't do it in week one either so uh learning from my mistakes um yeah I don't know about Waddle just yet but Tyreek Hill's been awesome you brought up Smythe um I think he leads all Dolphins wideouts in routes run this year um so Maybe he can have a decent game. I think he's only like 2,900. He's probably going to be the the cheap chalk that everybody just clicks a tight end that never works out. But, uh, yeah, I like that stack. I don't really like anybody on the Broncos. Um, the running back situation is still a mess. We haven't really seen Javante Williams break out just yet. And uh, their receivers, I, don't, I just don't know what to do with the Broncos. Um, this line feels a little fishy. Doesn't it feel like the, the Dolphins should be more than six-and-a-half-point favorites? Uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I typically don't bet on sides and totals, but uh, I mean, oh, yeah, I mean, it just seems off. Just say, right. It seems like Miami at home with the, the way Tua has played. I mean, it, didn't I see a stack that he, that he's like the least pressured or least hit quarterback so far in the first two games of the season? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Let me see. I have a little chart that has pressures in the first look. Let's see. Remember, I'm on I'm on Twitter. Like I have a tweet deck open, and if you follow f- fantasy football people, you see a lot of threads. So I, yes. I think I remember seeing that seeing that in one of the threads. So yeah, they're top five Miami in you know pressure rate, pressure rate above expectation, and sacks per game. So offensive line's doing its job for sure. Okay, hit that thumbs up button if you're in the chat. Feel free to post your comments, your questions. Uh, we have a mailbag question today. We'll take care of. In a little bit, I want to talk about the running back situation on this slate because we got, you know, it's it's always NFL DFS, the number, the number one thing, especially when we're talking about like cash games or like for value, point per dollar value, maybe not ceiling. Every week there's going to be a running back that gets injured and it's like Eric Bynford puts it very, very uh, succinctly on the, uh, the 11 o'clock a.m., show on Sundays, our, our, our prime time before lock block on Sundays where people treat NFL like it's NBA, right? 
Oh, Giannis is out. That means you got to play Drew Holiday. Or like, you know, oh, LeBron's out. You got to play yeah. AD. Uh, we saw last week with, you know, we saw the past two weeks, right? Kamara's out. Kendry Miller's out. Let's play Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams got all the touches. That was fine. Just didn't do much with it, right? Josh Kelly got all the snaps, got all the touches. Didn't, didn't do much with it. I mean, you know, you know what's funny is all three of these value running backs are playing the Titans. Jamal Williams <laughs> was against the Titans, Kelly was against the Titans, and now Jerome Ford is playing the Titans. What are right. the odds so, of that? So Jerome Ford, I, I saw this morning that it looks like the Browns are going to sign Kareem Hunt. Yeah. So he's back. He's back. Is he going to be available for this game? I, I have to assume so, right? They wouldn't be signing any, you know, out of the blue. Does he know the playbook? I mean, he he used to be on the Browns. I mean, yeah, I should. Right, and it's and it's and he's, and he's a running back. He may not be asked to do much other than, you know, here's three here's three running plays, here's three passing plays, here's the pass, here's the run blocking coverage. He may not even be in for any type of you know pass blocking. Is that enough? That with this matchup against the Titans, forty eight hundred Jerome Ford. Jerome Ford could catch balls out of the backfield. We saw that in this past game. But do you think that, you know, this team ain't going to just give Jerome Ford 85% of the work? 4,800 is cheap. And probably you're putting him in your cash lineup on DraftKings. But from a ceiling perspective, I mean, if he's going to end up being like 25, 30% owned, like, dude, I could, I could find, you know, guys that are, about a thousand more expensive that are going to be three times less owned that I think have much higher ceilings and much less, much less ambiguity. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think probably for cash depends on how some of the other injuries situations work out. Um, if Kendry Miller's out again, I mean, maybe Tony Jones is going to be real cheap as well uh, for new Orleans. Um, is he going to get all the, I mean, like the, the problem with these things is that running backs in the NFL, like there, this is all committees. These are all. I mean, like it's yeah. it's so rare that oh well, the, 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 there's only garbage. There's only these guys that came off the street. It's like, like dude, they may be asked to just run the ball four or five times and that's it. But it just eats away at the guy that you think is the head of the backfield. We saw with Raheem Mostert that you know Salvin Ahmed comes in, right? Then they have Devon Devon Kane. He comes in like. Like to me, until you see the inactives, I'm much, I'm much more likely, Noto. I, I don't know about you, that when the inactives come in at like 11:30, or you get the news the day before that, like if there's only going to be two backs active, now I'm much more confident. But if they, you know, three, four running backs, yeah, are active, like the, just, they, they don't just make people active and just sit them on the bench for no reason. Like they, they're going to see some snaps. Right. And like you mentioned uh, with the NBA news, I mean, we should have been paying more attention. Kyron Williams uh, last week, they say Cam Akers was going to be a healthy scratch and uh, I didn't do much with it. I ended up playing Kelly and cash anyway, but uh, yeah, Williams ended up having the much better day. So you definitely want to keep, keep track of those inactives and uh, pay attention. And maybe this is a week where paying up a running back, you know, ends up being different. You know, you have Pollard and Bijan who I, I love both of them in their spots. So Maybe that might end up being the unique roster construction that we go to. Okay, other running back situations that are dealing with injuries. Uh, Detroit, David Montgomery, he's going to be out. So they, Jameer Gibbs is there. He's a rookie. But, I mean, Craig Reynolds 
was running the ball up the middle a bunch of times. Do you think, depending on, these are the situations where I lean into or out of ownership. So like if people are worried about Jamar Gibbs and the ownership comes down, I'm more likely to play them. If people are more confident going, oh, Gibbs, they're finally going to let him loose. And he ends up being 18, 20% on. It's like, okay, now, now I'm getting away. Do you think that this Detroit coaching staff is going to make Gibbs the the lead guy? Or is it quite possible that Craig Reynolds literally plays the David Montgomery role and runs the ball 20 times this game for 42 yards and falls in the end zone twice and Jameer Gibbs is left with his typical DeAndre Swift-like stat yep. line of like 5 for 30 and 4 for 16 and then we're all wondering, why don't they play this guy more? Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, we've seen this for years with DeAndre Swift. It's just anytime that we we want him to play more, everyone that plays DFS or fantasy is screaming for it. But the coaching staff just, uh, you know, has other plans. So I think we'll see a little bit bigger role for Gibbs. But I wouldn't certainly wouldn't count on him being the feature guy. Uh, I do think Reynolds will be involved. We already talked about the pace of that game. Might be Might be pretty ugly. Another guy coming into a role because of injury, even though it wasn't last week's injury, it was Jonathan Taylor, uh, who's not injured, just not playing. Zach Moss, okay? Uh, Alex Dunlap, to give him credit on the, on the the Blitz show that I was on last week, he was adamant that Deion Jackson played so badly <laughs> that they're not, they're not even going to trust him to give him the ball. Me and Cardi, of course, argued that, well, we can't say that until we see it, right? Because... Like, like, are they just going to run with Zach Moss? Like, they're going to mix in Jackson. No, no, that's not what happened. They basically, Richardson got injured, right? And then Moss was out for, like, nearly every snap. Do you think that continues? It's not the greatest of matchups against the Ravens, but 5,500 for a running back that, I mean, he was catching balls out of the backfield. Do you think Zach Moss, do you think this is Zach Moss's backfield? And would you much rather play him if, Minshew starts or if Richardson does? Uh, I do think this is his backfield, and I would rather play him if Minshew starts. Um, I think his receiving upside is a little bit higher. Uh, we don't really know how often Richardson's going to be checking down generally. Mobile quarterbacks don't throw their running backs as often as uh, pocket passers do. And, uh, man, Minshew's pretty good. Um, I think the Colts are like an interesting underdog play this week. But, yeah, Moss, 22 opportunities last week 77 percent route share so yeah he was very involved in the passing game much tougher matchup and they're probably going to be trailing in this one so if you are targeting him you probably want him to be you know catching those passes okay looking at the injury report situation room which you could get here at rotogrinders.com uh for free you don't even have to be a premium member two questionable tags similar from last week because they didn't play last week either eckler and jones uh, if they don't play, I mean, we have we have Kelly. Kelly is uh, is fifty four hundred, and Dylan is fifty seven hundred. And now I did not play Dylan last week. Uh, I played Rashad White over him in cash games on DraftKings. Are, are you are you going to? You said before that you're you're considering, especially in this Chargers Vikings game. People got burned by Kelly last week. So his ownership is probably going to start coming down, especially as people jam in Jerome Ford into their lineups or something, or even Zach Moss 
or Mostert or, or some of these other guys. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What, what are your thoughts on that, if you could go into more detail, as well as the Green Bay situation? Because I'm not a big fan of playing running backs against the Saints. And yeah. Dylan, Dylan, people got burned by Dylan last week also, but he wasn't his own last week. So I don't know how many more people were burned. I think, I think, I think you side more on the, if Kelly is 10% owned as opposed to 25, like last week in the highest game, total game, you're more likely to just go back to the well and hope for the best. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll always chase projected volume. Uh, so if Eckler's out, you know, I'm certainly fine going back to Kelly. Much better matchup. And the Chargers have just found themselves in some weird game scripts so far. Um, so, yeah, I don't mind going to Kelly. I mean, Kelly had a big week one, and, you know, they were, he was the RB2 there uh, against Miami. So I wouldn't mind going back to him if Eckler ends up being out. Um, and then I don't know what to do with Austin Dillon. Everyone's saying how bad he is. I think he's just much better. Like once it gets cold, once it gets in the snow. Um, so I would probably save him for, for a couple months there. Hopefully Jones ends up playing. And then, uh, we got to talk about the Ravens situation too. Are they, they're on the main slate, right? Yes. So yeah, we saw pretty much an even split between justice Hill and Gus Edwards. Uh, Hill ended up getting a few more few more uh, snaps. Um, so I think he could be interesting if you do think, you know, Baltimore is going to run away with that game. Wide receivers. I'll talk a little bit more about this on Friday. Friday, we will have Squirrel Patrol on to talk about some DFS strategy for the week three slate once we have some ownership in. And a big congratulations Must to him. watch, yeah. Right? Right? I think he's going to play Jerome Ford in every lineup. I think he's he's going to, uh, on Sunday, to kind of like double down. Or it could be the opposite of like Jerome Ford already won him a million dollars. Like it's all the luck is run out. Like, like well, it can only go down from there playing Jerome Ford. I mean, Jerome Ford and Chuba Hubbard in the same lineup is just awesome. That's why, uh, that's why I'll never win a million. Right. Well, that's why in, on two game slates, you got to find ways to be unique and, when yeah. you have 80% on running backs and playing the negatively correlated versions of them, I mean, that's that's pure game theory. Of course, realize that 99% of the time, 
you're going to lose money. But the 1% of the time that you win, it may be a lot, right? That's what you're hoping for. So uh, for some weird reason, I'm not going to say for some weird reason, but in the first two games, we've seen this team pass a lot more than we expected with C.J. Stroud under quarterback. I get the sense just from projections of of two-week sample size that these Houston Texan wide receivers are actually going to be fairly owned, like Nico Collins, Tank Dell, maybe not Robert Woods, you know, the the corpse that's out there (laughs) that has no yards after the catch. Uh, That could, I mean, to me, it concerns me whenever a team uh, with a 17 implied team total has chalky wide receivers and they're primarily based around because they're just down by two touchdowns all the time. I don't know. I don't know that, you know, I, I tend to side with the teams that are going to score a bunch because they typically have the higher ceilings than a lot of the, you know, typically average DFS players think in terms of, Oh, I'm going to play the team. That's I'm going to play the team. That's going to be down by three scores. So they, they're, he could throw for 400 yards. It's like, yeah, but with like three interceptions and one touchdown and like, and like no one gets there. So I'm much more likely to roster teams that are efficient offensively. Unless these prices are just too cheap. If the Texans are going to throw the ball 40 plus times, does it matter that they're up or down? Yeah. I'm on the other side of this one. I like these Texans receivers quite a bit. Uh, Tank Dell's way too cheap on DraftKings. I played a lot on Nico the first two weeks. And I was just looking at the the game factors. This looks like it could be one of the fastest-paced games of the week. Um, You're going to have a pass-happy game script for the Texans, most likely. So I like Stroud as a cheap option uh, in tournaments. I like pairing him up with some of his guys. And you have plenty of options to bring it back on the Jaguars. So um, I'll probably be stacking both sides of this game. I don't think you need to go there and cash uh, for the Texans. But, yeah, I think it's an interesting game for sure. Maybe my perspective is is a little biased because I was over on the Texans last week. So to me, it's like I got them at low you ownership. Got them. Right. Okay. I got them at low ownership last week. And now that they're going to be high on, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm getting yeah. off. Cash out while well, you can. Yeah. Right. It's all, oh, oh, one week. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> uh, talking about receivers, I got a mailbag question in about playing two wide receivers from the same team without their quarterback. So what are your thoughts? I know you build primarily like single entry, three max type lineups. You're not MME. Uh, Do you ever play two wide receivers from the same team without the quarterback? And in what situations would you? The only time I would ever do that is if I was playing a stack from the other side of that game. So if you had the other quarterback with, you know, one or two of his wide outs and you just wanted a full game stack. Um, I don't think I would just do two wide receivers from the same team without anybody on the other side. I, I don't know. What uh, happened? Let me give you, let me give you a, a scenario. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's, right. Maybe just I haven't the, thought this through. Right. Just to, to think of all the variables. Yeah. Right. Take it to the extremes. What if I told you on this slate that Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddle were both minimum price? Well, yeah. I mean, Okay. So do you need a run back there? Because they're obviously, you know, a 3K receiver with a mean projection of 20 plus. Like, I don't care that I don't have the quarterback because <laughs> yeah, okay. I get the value. So like, there's a big difference between like Hill and Waddle at 9K and 7,500. Or we have, you know, a lot of times with uh, like Lockett and Metcalf, right? Godwin and Evans. Sometimes when they start getting up in, in price, 
it's hard for both of them to get get there for their salary. So a 7K wide receiver, you'd want to see 25-plus points in GPPs. Okay, so who I are these? Getting it, Godwin isn't so, but if they're cheap, like we had with the, like, Jalen Reed and Luke Musgrave or something, it's like, like those guys, you know, if, if Luke Musgrave gets 14 points at tight end, like. I did see a lot of people play those two together last week. Um, I guess if they're super cheap, I don't know. I probably wouldn't do it myself, but I get that that argument a little bit more. Because you also have to factor in, you could only play one quarterback, right? I know that there's a super flex format they're trying to to figure out on DraftKings. The prize pools are pretty low. But in the case of of like a Jalen Reed, uh, Jaden Reed, and Musgrave like last week, like, well, Jordan Love may not be the highest scoring quarterback, but I mean, the Packers may still throw for four touchdowns and he may need some other quarterback that you stack, but some two games could go off. Like we see yeah. this in baseball, right? In baseball, you're like, well, I'm going to stack five from one team and three from another, right? It's like, well, can you play three batters from the same team without having the full stack? Well, of course you can, because if two teams put up 15 runs, you're probably yeah, going to want to stack them both. Well, though, batters are correlated, though. I mean, yeah, well, wide, receivers are cor- wide receivers are correlated, but the key point is wide receivers are positively correlated at the median, but once you get to the outside, plus and minus two standard deviations, they're actually negatively correlated. Yeah. Right. So that uh, that's, but that's the way, that's the salary. Like, that's why I said Hill and Waddle without Tua. Yeah. That's, oh, and that's, Donnie, you're probably not doing that. Donnie in the chat said, if you play 2-2 and Puka week one, that was good. I mean, they both crushed, so. Well, they're cheap. Yeah. Right? So the sal- the salary matters more than anything else. So, like, it's quite possible that you could play Tank Dell and Nico Collins, 3,600 without C.J. Stroud. Like, you could play, let's say you play a Herbert. I'm going to play a Herbert Williams Everett lineup, right? I'm going to run it back with Justin Jefferson. And you're like, well, I think the Texans still, you know, put up plenty of points. But C.J. Stroud isn't the highest scoring quarterback because Herbert is. And you play Collins and Dell. And they both get, you know, Dell gets 20 and Collins gets 30. Like, you're good. But it's primarily a basis of the price. You told me Nico Collins was 7,500 and Tank Dell was 5K. You're probably not. You're probably, in order to play both of them in your lineup, you probably want to have C.J. Stroud. Yeah, I'm still probably not going to do it in my uh, three to five builds a week. But, uh, yeah, it's certainly more appealing once you think through all the factors there. Right. You could, like, just like in anything in DFS, it depends. Yeah. Right. Uh, Prop-wise, I don't know if you've taken a look at early stuff on prize picks, underdog. I know some some of the sports books are not putting up their NFL props as early as they did last year. Uh, I mean, because they're, they're getting tired of being beat. Yeah, everyone's yeah, sharp. Everyone's sharp. Right. Uh, but I do have three. I've already looked between our uh, RG projections as well as the blitz. I still think in general, we talked about it early, that as teams become more pass-focused and less rush-focused, I think uh, in general – the rushing yard market in props is probably a little bit too high. Some of these rushing props are a little too high. So I, I've, I've highlighted three situations that uh, the blitz agrees with me. Uh, first off, uh, I mean, it's a common one that I do most of the time is uh, Henry under 82 and a half rushing yards. 
And that's on under this. These three are all, all on underdog. And that's where the best number is. So I think prize picks, it may be slightly lower. So uh, we've, we've seen with the Titans that Derek Henry ain't like the bell cow, right? They're putting in spears in and everything like that. So uh, I've I, Henry's under, I've James Cook's under five and a half rushing yards. These are ones that I actually have on underdog. So I'm not just like saying it like I, no. I, I have, a, I have a four, four pick uh, on these cooks under 58 and a half because I mean, he's not really the bell cow of no one's a bell cow of anything. And then here's one, here's one that people may not want to do because he's the best running back in football. Christian McCaffrey under 80 and a half rushing yards. The blitz has him at like 74. And also remember, this is a short week. So on Thursday, so I know we've seen, and I'm the big fan of like small sample sizes. Don't trust anything. We've seen McCaffrey play like almost every snap, right? It's quite possible that in a short week, maybe he doesn't. I mean, Shanahan said he wants to get Mitchell more touches. So yeah, I, but when the coaches play all the time, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm trying to back you up here. <laughs> right. I know. No, but I'm just, you, you understand what I'm saying about yeah. like, oh, well, the coach says that we're going to just, we're going to give the ball to Jameer Gibbs and then, or DeAndre Swift, or we're going to, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, we're going to pass the ball a lot. That, right. At least Arthur Smith, to his credit, <laughs> basically says, I don't give a crap yeah. about your fantasy team. <laughs> he does not. That is confirmed. <laughs> uh, another mailbag uh, question from the chat, from the YouTube chat, before we get out of here. Uh, how do you attack the KC game this week? The big total of a lopsided game, do you still double stack it or without a run back? We talked about it before, that I'm not a big fan of the Chiefs because the production just goes to too many places. But if you were to attack the Kansas City game, would you what would you just do Mahomes, Kelsey, DJ Moore? Or do you think, sneaky sneaky, that you play Justin Fields for his rushing upside on the other side for cheaper? And then maybe this is the case where you you take two receivers without their quarterback. Well, who's the second receiver though? Tony? Uh, you've been mixing, mix build up a bunch of like, right? Do Kelsey plus Sky Moore, Kelsey plus Tony, Kelsey plus well, M. You make a bunch of those lines. Yeah, I would probably just do the other side and go Mahomes, Kelsey, Moore, or just you know what, play the Chiefs defense, and that's all you need to do. They're gonna Donnie get a Watson. bunch of sacks. Donnie Watson also says Henry getting more passing work than in the past. So does the Bell Cal thing matter as much for DFS? Yes, but for for a rushing prop, like I don't care, like. Dude, I let him catch five balls out of the backfield. If he doesn't rush for 82 and a half yards, I win. So it doesn't that's the best thing, Noto. As as I as I push more volume into into pick 'em and props yeah. that I would normally have played in cash games or even in MME type of stuff, is that it's so much, it's so, it's so relaxing. It's <laughs> so relaxing on an MLB slate where like a guy hits like two home runs or some pitcher, you know. Goes like have. seven innings for twelve Ks, yeah. and it's like, well, I don't have their props, so it like it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like, like that yeah. guy hits two home runs. Like, I, well, you need to have him. He's four percent owned, and like you can't win a GPP that way. It's like I just don't even care. Right? It yeah, makes it so much easier. I don't. It, I only care about the things that I have. Exactly. Although, uh, man, I uh, I had some run bad on rushing props last week. I had Javante Williams over forty four and a half. Ended with forty four. 
Then uh, Stevenson over 50 and a half ended with 50. Those are the only two prop bets I made last week. So I think Stevenson's at 80 and a, uh, at 50 and a half now. And I I have that also. I have that. that I think that's the only, yeah, that's the only rushing prop that I have. That's over 50 and a half. The blitz has him, I think at 61 or 63. And I think uh, against this Jets team, I mean, the Jets defense is good. And I'm not sure if, I'm not sure if Belichick's going to want to have Mac Jones passing, you know, 30 times into that defense. Yeah. So maybe they're going to be pounding, pounding the run. I mean, that game, dude, knew it. We didn't, that's like one of the only games we like didn't even, even yeah. consider. Pollard like, had what? 32 touches against the Jets last week. Yeah. But, th- oh. but look at this total. I mean, it's a 37 total game. <laughs> like, is it possible that you don't play anyone from this game in DFS? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and no Zach Wilson stacks? No, no, no. Uh, Casey Douglas was on Javante with me. Yeah, that one is going to hurt for a while. He even got one carry on their last drive and got one yard instead of two. Okay, any anything else, uh, broad overview that you're looking at at, at this slate? Props, pick them, DFS, or or anything else? The one and, other, and, other, and other content that you're coming out, you, you do the core personnel article as well. Core personnel be out uh, Friday. Um, then we'll do the tournament takes pod with Bobby and Kirk on Friday night. Um, that usually comes out early Saturday morning. If you want to check those out, um, the prop, my favorite prop of the week, Debo Samuel over 52 and a half receiving yards. You can also do the rushing plus receiving yards. Cause I, I think he's going to break one this game uh, on Thursday night against the giants. Uh, the route participation is 95%, 30% target share only a matter of time before he gets going a little bit. Uh, is is that is that also a good number to take with uh, Ayuk being a game time decision? Yeah, I mean, if you get it now, I can't imagine it going lower. Um, so if Ayuk's out, you know, those numbers are going to go up. And I think I'm going to do some some alt alt numbers as well. Right, because you get a better price on them. Yeah. Uh, feel free to send in your questions to the mailbag. Questions at theoryofdfs.com. It goes directly to me. I ask them. Uh, to, to the to the expert analysts here at Rotogrind, you can find Noto's work. Just click on Derek Farnsworth's. The, just click on your name on Rotogrinders, and you just see it's like here's all the stuff, here's everything that that you put out. Uh, check them on those shows. We got a baseball slate coming up this afternoon. We got uh, crunch time later tonight for the the shorter night slate because there's more games during the afternoon or whatever. Uh, uh, we'll have some uh, some. Prize picks videos coming out. Grant, always with the betting content at Scores and Odds. So subscribe to that channel. Subscribe to this channel if you're new. Hit the thumbs up button on your way out the door. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Am I telling people to do enough stuff? Am I putting too much on their plate? Can you please do this? Can you please do that? Read Noto's work. Watch my shows. I'm here Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern. Going down what you're thinking about in... DFS, props, and pick them on Roto Grinders today.